Hi everyone, I'm your host, Daniel Lee, and welcome to OMD Daily, a podcast about investing in people. Every Monday to Friday, I share with you what I learned the day before from studying people and companies through conversations, whether it's through interviewing investors and business leaders, to reading books and financial reports, and digesting learnings from all the other storytelling mediums out there. The goal is to build my own PhD in combining human performance with investing to figure out how I can help leaders build utopian companies. By exploring my own curiosity, I hope to become a little wiser every day and hope this adds a little nugget of learning to you on a daily basis. Hey everyone, welcome back to OMB Daily. This is the July 28th, 2020 podcast and thanks for tuning in once again. Today's episode will probably be a short one, you probably noticed with the timestamp, but it's not for a lack of trying to learn. Um, it's once again a learning not so much a medley because I'm only going to be talking about one particular podcast that I thought was interesting. It was one of those days where, you know, you, as hard as you, as hard as you try, uh, you know, listening to multiple different podcasts, some just don't really, like you come out of it after an hour and a half interview <laughs> that you listen to and you think, what did I learn? I'm not so sure. At least there were no, no new, I think, major learnings for me personally. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll just kind of talk about the one that really struck me as think, as being, wow, this was a great interview. And I pulled out some various nuggets of wisdom that I wanted to share. And also, um, if you subscribe to my newsletter, you will probably get familiar with why, um, at least in the last few days, things have been quite hectic in my life. A lot of personal things have been going on. I'm not going to bore you with it, but that's also kind of contributed to uh, possibly a, a slowdown in the pace of my learning. I wanted to ramp things up pretty quickly after the week one week break I had, but as soon as I came out of the break, a lot of uh, good personal personal things were happening on my end, and so that pulls some time away for sure and it's one of those things where you just cannot predict with with life right you want all the thing all the major events to happen while you're on a break so that you can kind of compartmentalize things but that just never works out in uh the way you plan it to and that's life so uh without further ado um the podcast I'm going to talk about is from is a, more of a recent one I think um at least the episode came out I want to say a month or two ago uh, it's from the Tim, Tim Ferriss podcast, his interview with Brad Feld. He, Brad Feld is one of the um, founders of text, co-founders of Techstars. Um, they're kind of one of the rivaling big incubators with White Combinator. Um, he's also a prominent venture capitalist. Um, he was part of Mobius Ventures and also he ha- he currently runs the Foundry Group. And prior to that, he was also a an entrepreneur himself. Um, I think a couple, several companies. And so, yeah, that's kind of his background. If you if you are from the tech world or the venture world, you just know of Brad Feld, um, just because he's just one of those prominent figures you just know of. And I found this so. The interview talks about a vast segment of his life, and I think I was particularly drawn to. Um, I would say f- four particular elements. So one is his strategy that he has with his partner. Uh, I believe his wife's name is Amy. And so he talks a lot about like, the strategy he has in maintaining like a long relationship and rather not just long, but a, um, I don't know what's the right word for it, a growing relationship where you know, you're actually helping each other grow together. And then he also talks about 
the difference between coaching and having a uh, difference between a coach and a therapist, which I thought was quite fascinating, especially because Brad Feld is a good friend of Jerry Colonna's. And if you are a long-time listener, you know how much I respect Jerry Colonna's work at Reboot and how he does a lot of things that I want to do in my career. Um, so that was particularly interesting for me. And then I almost, because also I, I love traveling and I love living in various cities, I learned about Brad's decision to move from Boston to Colorado. And there's a lot of thought uh, he had into it, and it's quite philosophical. And there are areas there that I wanted to I wanted to kind of share, and I, I pulled out some nuggets of wisdom there. And then finally, just kind of on his earlier, the early part of his career that I had no idea about, uh, because I think what made Brad famous, or what people know about Brad right now with all his huge achievements currently, uh, you know, with Techstars, with Foundry Group, um, tends to overshadow the things he did that kind of brought him to that space. So I think that was a pretty interesting part of his career. Like I'm, I'm personally just very fascinated by what people do early on um, in their life. And I think that's probably correlated with how I can't really relate with a person who's doing something amazing when they're 45 or 50, but I can relate with someone who's uh, struggling or, you know, just in still in the early innings of the career in their late 20s or their early 30s, like it gives me more reference. And I think that's why I tend to gravitate to those stories, at least in the current part of my life, just because of the similarities. And so on the first part, like the strategy of love, <laughs> I think the, the fascinating thing I learned was how Brad, Brad and his partner schedule uh, dinner once a month I think it's the beginning of each month where they make it a very constructive one it's not like a date night and they there's like a feature where they give each other a random gift and and it can be like all kinds of things from like funny gag gifts to like a car for example um, but the key meat of it is that the dinner is put into two particular sessions one is a reflection on what happened in the past month so they can reflect on it and see like you know what what did they learn? What, uh, what was good about it? What was bad about it? And then the next session, the next half is looking at um, the construct, I guess, more of the future. Like what what should they do for the next coming month? What are they excited about? Uh, thinking about like, you know, if you think about the, having sprints in a project and it's more forward looking. And so I thought that was just a very cool thing that they scheduled in uh, into their lives. And a lot of what Brad talks about at least with his relationship, he constantly puts relationship first. And well, he's learned to do that over time from a lot of failings, it turns out. And by scheduling things in his calendar, he's become more in control of his time than uh, the other way around. But it, that particular, I think, strategy got me thinking more about organizations and how, well, like for me, um, I, I made it a habit to uh, get feedback or at least catch up with some someone I'd be reporting to every month uh, in my previous jobs and it's something I had to institute but it as I also hear about what Brad is doing I think the idea that I had which maybe I'll try to Im implement in um, a future organization that I help is maybe yeah having some kind of check-in where a person should always like sit down with their coach or some kind of mentor every month and talk about what happened last month and was looking forward to what's going to happen in the next month. And yeah, maybe you can think of it as a one month uh, sprint each time. So every one month cycle, what are you working on? What are you working towards, etc. And that's something I've been trying to incorporate. I think I talked about it before. Um, I used to run uh, three month sprints and I found that to be too long. At least the feedback, the feedback loop was too long for me. And 
I'm sure everyone has their own way of looking at it. Like, you know, one can say that most public companies do a quarterly feedback loop just because they have quarterly earnings that they and quarterly reports they have to pump out. But makes me think about for companies, especially more faster growing ones, to have much faster uh, feedback loops. And I think in one month time, I, I should be good enough to achieve something at, at the same time, sure enough that uh, you can quickly look back at it and iterate and readjust. Um, giving yourself 12 times to do that in a year seems like a pretty prudent amount. I think Basecamp runs something like a six-week sprint session. So that might be something to incorporate. Like it's These are ideas, and I think it particularly ignites something in my mind, at least. Because how many of us actually sit down every month and um, ask ourselves, okay, what happened last month? What am I going to do the next month? And it could actually be even more powerful when you have someone who you trust and can challenge you to um, think deeper into it and ask the harder questions. So this might actually be really um, amazing to even incorporate into my own relationship with my own partner. And we don't have to talk about work specifically. It could just be more personal development, or it could also be just be completely focused on, you know, what can we do for a relationship from, you know, what's been good last month, what's going to be good for this coming month, etc. So I think this is a pretty cool um, system to incorporate. And yeah, so that's one thing I definitely took away. And I've got to make a mental note or I'll, I'll make a note on my Evernote to implement this system. And the other is um, the difference between a coach and a therapist. So Brad Feld has had both, and I think he currently has both a coach and a therapist. And he talks about the difference between the two and how usually um, a therapist is someone who's generally more, I guess, classically trained. They can be the psychiatrist or a clinical psychologist, and they are kind of he associates a therapist as someone who is paid to sit down and just listen to you talk someone who has to listen to you talk for a long time like an hour and brad associates that with the help of learning more about yourself the the act of introspecting whereas the coach is someone who's much more akin to you know like traditional like sports coaches where they help you develop a skill but kind of constantly kind of more like guide you and tell you what to do in some cases when you need that kind of encouragement and he also references the work that Jerry Colonna does, what makes Jerry great, which I thought personally was just a really cool part. Um, and a lot of it has to do with just who the who Jerry as a person is, uh, which I think is something you just cannot replicate, um, but also speaks to the very important individ- individual nature of the role of a coach and how their unique experience makes them who they are and that actually becomes their competitive edge. And what I found what interesting was the reason why Brad Felt thought Reboot, Jerry's company, was um, unique and uh, successful was because it merged kind of the two aspects of um, coach and therapist together, where Reboot as a company merges um, the value of having radical self-inquiry be a cornerstone of one's um, development, and then kind of combining it with, with um, development of specific skills, like with, whether it be being a CEO, uh, you know, management, or um, an investor, for example, and how we would constantly bridges those two. Whereas in most cases, we, most people will have a coach and a therapist who kind of take care of each in isolation, but it's the bridging of those two that creates exceptional value. Um, so for me, that's something I I personally thought was kind of um, not so much obvious, but a rudimentary value of a coach and to kind of have it, I guess, iterated by Brad Feld was kind of more of a confirming evidence of that. And it also makes me think deeper of, yeah, if I want to uh, coach people and think about developing organizations, 
the value that I have to continuously think about adding and what factors I want to integrate on top of just the introspective aspect that I love uh, looking deep into so much. And the other, and so now moving on to the uh, city slash location thing, which I'm also kind of a geek about because I, I, everywhere I travel to, I like to think about, um, like I'll, I'll usually go and I'll look up real estate prices, I'll look up tax rates, and I'll, I'll you know scope out coffee shops, I'll scope out co-working places. I like to try to imagine myself living in a city. So even when I travel, my typical uh, routine nowadays is more so like with COVID that has kind of stopped. But as of pre-COVID, pre-COVID time, so it's usually I'll go to a city for about a week's uh, worth of time, um, usually between like five five nights or so, and I'll try to just kind of do everything I do on a regular day. So at least the mornings and early afternoons will just be me working on OMD Ventures and just replicating what I do in Toronto because I want to just assim- assimilate myself and try to imagine like living in that city. And so that's something I love doing, and I learned how... Brad Fell's philosophy with um, moving from Boston to Colorado was really focused on finding a city that really spoke to him and his partner and finding a place that, not choosing a place because of opportunity, et cetera, because, yeah, like the argument could be made that, yeah, you, from Boston, you probably want to go to Silicon Valley if you are in the world of technology and you are in the, especially in the world of venture capital. That would seem to make more locational sense because, you know, there's always that popular thing that you want to go where all the action is, you want to go where... Um, all the ideas are being generated, like the environment will help you. It will just kind of give you more opportunities, right? And I think that's constantly, uh, it, it's, it's the more common message, I think. And I think most people believe it. That's why they go to New York. That's why they go to Toronto. And that's why cities see more um, influxes of younger people constantly coming in, whereas the older people constantly move out. And I think, as I think about what Brad talks about, there's definitely an element where uh, maybe, yeah, maybe Brad was older, Um when he was making the move from Boston to Colorado. So he didn't really have to be in the center of everything because he was already kind of in the center of everything while he was living in Boston. But I think he moved to Colorado, I want to say in his something like late late 20s or maybe early 30s, I think. Uh, I didn't really check the dates on that, but it was after he sold his first company. And I think that he did that in his late 20s. So it's probably like the early 30s part where he moved to Colorado. And the word he used to kind of describe that is uh, topophilia, which apparently means love of place. And it's how kind of him and Amy, when they landed in Colorado, it's they chose a place that they just absolutely loved. And then they decided to build a life around it. And that's a philosophy that he embodied where he said, it's not about just going to city and adapting yourself or to the city, but more so um, going to city that fits you and then kind of building out life or, um, around that. So I think th- that's like a different approach. Um, I think it's less common to hear that kind of approach because most people will say, yeah, you have to go to the city and then, yeah, you'll kind of make a life that fits that. But I think for me, this is a more bottom-up approach where you have your own kind of persona, you have who you are as a person, and it's constantly trying to find all the right elements and environments that fit who you are so that you can thrive and become the person you want to be. And Brad eventually realized over time that he learned that he, yeah, he actually hates cities. And so living in um, Colorado, it kind of made sense for him, I think, but it's, it's, I think it's a model that for me 
with relatively new and in one is because it's someone I respect in incorporating it that it made me think differently about it. But for me, I, I love cities. And so that naturally kind of, I guess, draws me to places with opportunity. But um, I also do not like San Francisco personally, at least from the times I visited California. I'm not a big fan of like LA or San Fran. So I think there's parts of me where I think, but shouldn't I go there? Because that's where a lot of the hustle and bustle seems to be. And that's what my friends have done. But at the same time, I go, mm, yeah, but maybe not so much. And the natural kind of aversion I have to kind of moving down to the United States just because culturally, I don't like, there is there are differences between Canadians and Americans, but compared to kind of the general continental sense, like I, I bucket us just as we have a North American culture, there's a European style culture, and there's like an Asiatic culture. And obviously each country is different, but I think the continental drift is just so much greater in cultural differences than comparing individual countries inside the same continent. So I don't know. I think about that when I think about where I want to live uh, in the future and how I want to kind of orchestrate my life and kind of where I think about building my life going forward. So this was a pretty, I think, um, insightful description of thinking more about how I want to think about building my life in various cities. And then finally, um, it's more so the perspective of Brad's earlier career. So I had no idea how much of a roller coaster it kind of was in his earlier um, side because he kind of incorporated a lot of the kind of high achiever uh, persona that I think many people who um, are, I don't know, maybe are intellectually curious tend to have. Like generally, I find if you're intellectually curious, you tend to more so than more than average kind of gravitate towards yeah you've had high grade you know high grades in school you did well um you went to great colleges and you know brad was no exception he went to mit did his bachelor's did his master's but then what was fascinating was that while he was doing his phd at mit he was also running a company on the side which i thought was pretty amazing um but what happened during that time is that he ended up getting divorced and then he got kicked out of his phd program because he was a he was kind of half-assing it because he was too focused on his company. But apparently it turns out his company, though it was successful, was making him miserable. And so all these things were happening in his life. And he kind of um, associates that with the early parts of um, why he was he had kind of depressive episodes. And a lot of the conversation kind of is very, I think, um, insightful in how Brad opens up about um, his life of depression, how he has um, OCD, I believe. And yeah, so... For me, it gave me more perspective into just kind of humanizing the person um, because I think a lot of times, a lot of people who achieve some kind of great stuff, um, they would, the media, at least uh, in pop culture, they always would talk about like the successes the person has, but I always find um, digging into moments that they failed and the hardships to be the most insightful and interesting, um, you know, quote unquote, like the fuck ups. But this particular one I think really um, shed a light at least on who he was as a person and how I think even when he moved to Colorado um, like yeah he did sell his company but I think the ca the caveat is that he sold his company for two million dollars and I don't think you know most of the times you're not going to get the full two million yourself so he wasn't like the super wealth you know he was wealthy but not amazingly rich like he is now comparatively and so that also put into perspective um the decisions he was making at that point in his life and at that stage. So, yeah, I think all that was quite uh, fascinating. It was somewhat humbling. Um, and also, I think, as I think about it, 
um, hopeful <laughs> in a sense, at, at least for me personally, because it it kind of shows me that, yeah, you'll probably experience more failure in your life, uh, more than not, actually, and that it's just it's a constant learning process. Um, and so, yeah, I think this was a pretty fun conversation. It really made me think a lot. Um, I think I re-listened to a few parts over and over again, um, just to kind of get a grasp of various concepts. And yeah, I hope this was interesting. And yeah, I definitely check out the full interview. It's a much longer version. Um, it's This is just more me incorporating a lot of my thoughts and my rants into it. And I hope this was insightful <laughs> in some way. And I hope you enjoyed it. And hope to have you back on the podcast again for tomorrow. Take care.